0: All right, so we're sitting a little closer. Yeah. Project, sir. Okay. All right, (laughs) let's see. Hello, world. Thanks for listening to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. I'm your host, Thad Spears, and this is episode Mark Hagler. Hag, I'm really happy to be interviewing you, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Thad.
0: Um... We we've got a little bit of background. We've known each other since twenty seventeen. I met you out at Eastman the first time I came out there, and I think we'll capture most of that or recount all that as we talk about the various things and uh, and what we're going to talk about. Um, but I mentioned Eastman and how long have you been out there? Tell me, just give us a you know the whole history of that if you would.
1: I hired into Eastman June the first of 1981 I graduated in 1980 worked in the oil field well I got a backup I had a little scholarship that uh made me try college I did not want to go to college and bailed out I worked in the oil field for six months where'd you go to college I went to Kilgore okay and uh I kind of took it as a uh, compliment that the day that I quit I went around to all my professors and told them I would no longer be in their class and every one of them left their class and tried to talk me out of quitting so I took that as a compliment
0: absolutely
1: and uh, my brother had a brother-in-law that was starting a roustabout company and he asked me if I would work for him until I found something better. So I worked in the oil field for six months. What?
0: What? Uh, when you worked in the oil field, did you like while they were drilling for oil or did you work on the pumps
1: or? I was aroused about whenever they got through drilling, we came in and set tanks and ran the lines from the tree to the tanks and that type work.
0: Okay, so you're working with bolts and flanges?
1: And. Thread and pipe, did a lot of thread and pipe and running pipe, digging ditches. I actually uh, had never ran a backhoe, but ended up on it quite frequently.
0: Now, now I know the history of Kilgore and Longview, there's it's rich oil background. Were you local for that, or did you travel around the state? Or
1: I never, that was one thing I liked about that job, is I never knew from one day to the next where I was going to be. A lot of the work that I did was for Texas Oil and Gas out of Gilmer, and uh, we worked everywhere from the north side of Lake of the Pines to Alto. Okay,
0: so you were bouncing around. You like you said, you didn't know where you were going to be. So you were a nomad, sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you did you I, accommodations wise? And it's just interesting because in this line, I mean, there are people that stay in their the camper trailers travel around the country some people get hotel rooms some people get houses you know different jobs how did how did y'all do it
1: we were at home every night
0: oh so you made it back to your house yes okay
1: uh alto was the farthest like i said and uh he started out paying us for travel time both directions and which worked out to where we were actually working half a day and getting paid for a whole day, and that didn't last long. <laughs> it was getting cutting too deep into the boss's <laughs> pocket. Cool.
0: We're getting enough production out of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, But you went from that, you you um, were in the oil field, and then you, I, a position camp at Eastman, or your dad worked out there?
1: Yes, my dad <clears throat> was out there for 34 and a half years, and he came in one evening, and well let me back up again I went out for an interview and uh, Billy Jack Reeves and Bill Westmoreland and Francis I can't think of her other name anyway uh, after the interview they're like we're not hiring right now come back and we'll talk to you and put your face with your name and all I could hear at that point was blah 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 this is the same thing they tell everybody So I had a job I loved. So I went back to the oil field and didn't worry about it. And uh, one evening, my dad came in from work and he said, "Uh, "Are you interested in going to work for Eastman? I said, sure. He said, well, call Billy Jack Reeves tomorrow and set up an interview. So uh, at lunch, I took the truck and drove up to uh, Henderson and this is going to tell my age because I went to a phone booth and called Billy Jack Reeves and set up a, an appointment <laughs> for an interview.
0: And that was for the Eastman job? And was that the one that you, you landed it?
1: Yes. I, uh, a man named, I believe his name was Bill Amberg, if his memory serves me right, had uh, died of cancer and I was the only one hired into maintenance that day to fill that position.
0: And you've been there now for?
1: Forty years.
0: Forty years at Eastman.
1: As of June the 1st.
0: And I've got to say, a lot of people stayed there a long time, so they do something right. Do a lot right, I think. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, one of the stories, and I just remember this in one of the we've had a lot of conversations, but you talked about your dad coming in from work. And uh, and it probably came about because there was one one unit out there that just, to me, is like the worst smelling thing on the planet. And then you told me about your dad working in a particular unit. And
1: My dad worked in material handling for 25 years. And what people don't have any idea about is how safety relates to material handling out there now loading rail cars. My dad loaded rail cars in open top cars breathing the vapors of whatever he was loading and he started at 26, building 26, loading a car and then he would ride his bicycle down to Oxo and start a car loading then go to building 55 on the bicycle and get a car prepared for loading then ride back to 26 and shut that car off start another car loading and ride back to Oxo and shut that one off he rode a bicycle continuously all day long every day
0: he's probably in pretty good shape
1: he could kill you with a chainsaw (laughs) work you to death
0: he didn't
1: know he, he didn't get tired, I guess. Like he no. was in shape. <laughs> no, he didn't get tired. Wow. And uh, even prior to that, when he was in bagging, they loaded in hundred pound bags. The material came out hot, they hand led it through a sewing machine, laid it on a metal, flat piece of metal, and put it in the shelves then took it back out of the shelves after it cooled and put it on pallets by hand. And, uh, of course, I was too little to remember, but my mother said that uh, he had a piece of railroad iron out back, and if he was gonna be off for a week, he worked out every day with that railroad iron so that it didn't make him sore when he went back to work.
0: I mean, dang. Uh, But the part about the the smell. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well. That's impressive. How was your dad? Like when he worked out there? When he was doing. I mean.
1: He went to work out there in 1957. He was born in 34.
0: 34? That's 23
1: years. So.
0: 23 uh, years old to.
1: Till somewhere around 94, I believe, is when. He retired 94 95 somewhere in there is when he retired but the uh when you think about loading an open top rail car he loaded everything all the way to formaldehyde which is a carcinogen and opened up cars so the vapors got in his clothes well back then they didn't have laundry service you they brought their clothes home and when he would get out of the car at the house, it would literally gag me, which that didn't take much when I was young.
0: <laughs> but it was pretty, it was pretty it, strong odor.
1: <laughs> as strong as a skunk.
0: Oh, wow. And that was every day he came home?
1: Every day. Oh, wow. And if we had yeah. to pick him up at work to go somewhere, I dreaded it because it'd just about make me sick.
0: Okay. Um. That and it, I don't know how you can put into words like some of the the odors, the smells, because they're very powerful. Anytime something gags you, and I think skunk probably most people can relate to that, so that's that's a fair gauge. Oh,
1: um, well, they had one street down there, it was uh, west of Mixed Esters, I believe, that was known as Cat Shit Alley. <laughs> Because that's what it smelled like
0: one of them over on that side on the lakeside over on the west side um you and, and Darren had told me about it was the it smelled like fish like dead fish a little bit I, I don't know what that is or why that is, but I know it's there uh, that's that's just north of mixed esters right, or is that the mis, mixed esters All right. but it all y'all told me it was there, and it was. But that wasn't the worst one. Oh,
1: that's 27. When they went to their new catalyst, it's um, it was actually my my ex daughter in law worked on that from the lab, and she said that it was one molecule different from the gas emitted from rotting fish.
0: Wow, that's bad. And <laughs> it was it is bad. Uh, but being out there, switching gears a little bit, going back to. Your tenure out there. So, you've been out there forty years. Um, geographically, I've seen a map of that plant where, and geographically may not be the right word, but there weren't as many structures out there. I mean, it started out somewhere and ended up where it is now, or is where it is now. But what have you? What do you? What stands out to you is like? I've seen A, B, C, D kind of.
1: The first. Job that I worked on as a per se big job we ran the first steam pipe to where building 74 cracking plant was going to be built
0: 74 was not yet there
1: it was not there and we ran a 20 inch 1500 pound steam line it was uh, I think 15, sixteenths wall and took a box of rods to make one weld. It's pretty impressive <laughs> oh, yeah. when, for an old country boy.
0: Yeah, and y'all, so where'd that line start? Where'd y'all run that from? Like-
1: just north of, we started just north of Mixed Esters, right there at the south end of the 62 Tank Farm and ran all the way up to the north end of the uh, trucking area, uh, right there. In the dip? Right there, no, on the north end by the cow feed, old cow feed building, right where 74 that's starts. The real,
0: that's the real tall? Yeah. Okay, I got you.
1: The big uh, expansion and, loops.
0: And it's pretty impressive, and I think people probably have seen construction occurring. I mean, in the past few years they built, they expanded along I ten in Mont Bellevue area like uh, I think it's chevron or, or something there but but this to really pay attention to it is it's amazing to watch a, a plot of dirt turn into a refinery like it you know it's, it's like building a house except much more complex i mean
1: it's unreal what's under the <clears> ground <throat> is the way I look at it because it's amazing to me what the people that are skilled to do the underground work and make it come out where everything on top of the ground is going to match up to it. It Fit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not always, I guess, theoretically, it's easy to run pipe from point A to point B, but it's often missed. And, yeah, you think you're going to run this stuff underground and put all your foundation in place and then build on top of that, and it's going to line up and work. You've seen 74.
1: Uh, I saw building 75 go away. It was the coal burning boilers that we had. Steam boilers. Uh, Used to be over by the garage. No longer is there. Uh, The alcohol plant at building 26 was still in operation for years, I don't remember what year it came down, but uh, I hated working at Building 26, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> it was, fair it enough. Was,
0: <laughs> but, it, okay, and, and talking about the construction side of it, where you've seen things come up, but also just, we have talked before um, about the changes in safety over the course of the years. and
1: one of the first jobs in uh in 1982 they made a fire department that was uh shift workers and the crew was the fire department if we got a fire call we dropped what we were doing went to the, we went to the fire department got the vehicles and went to the whatever the emergency was and uh
0: and that was when you first came on or
1: we uh, well I had worked there for six months and we they uh, they came out with this list that they were asking for volunteers and when the list came out of who had gone on shift it showed me as a volunteer which I wasn't (laughs) I was an involuntary volunteer
0: (laughs) you were going to do it
1: but uh,
0: for lack of other volunteers we're going to volunteer you maybe yeah (laughs) so so you were we all trained to fight fires. Or? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, we we went in, <laughs> we went in every Wednesday, and had fire training, and then we went to work on evenings. No, we went in once a month. That's what it was. For fire training, and then we got to go work a shift, of maintenance after we got through fighting fires. <laughs>
0: Still Like a training area though where you actually put out fires on yes, different down, scenarios?
1: Down at the south end of the plant where the uh, fire pa- training ground is. Same place it is now. Mm-hmm. Isn't Except it? there's a lot more equipment now than there used to be when, when I first started.
0: Okay. Is that a volunteer situation now or do they kind of like seek?
1: Now they just made a recent change where they actually have a specific fire department, and I don't know the exact okay. way it's ran.
0: Um, other things in safety. to ask a question one time, ask you about, have you ever ridden a like a crane hook or anything? You know, I, it, in my day, that's always been like, a, <laughs> you better not, you know?
1: I have seen that done twice. One of them was me. I'll admit to it. But uh, well, I won't call the other guy's name even though he's retired, but we were at 55 on the top floor, and he told me to signal the uh, walk to the other end of the floor, and I didn't know what he was fixing to do. And when the hook went by him, he just grabbed the hook and rode it to the <laughs> other end of the floor and hopped off on the exchanger we were going to work on next. But with me, I had, uh, we were taking the trays out of a column using a welding rod bent and tied to a rope and one of the heavier pieces in the center got almost to the top and the welding rod straightened out.
0: So you're, you're removing the man waves, like tunneling the column?
1: No, we were taking the whole tray. The whole out, tray. And the center pieces were bent with a like a piece of channel iron. Okay. So it weighed about 25, 30 pounds, something like that, and it fell about 25 feet and hit me in the uh, hard you're, hat.
0: You're down in there hooking on the the next piece to send out the
1: top. Actually, I was taking the bolts out because I could do it faster, and the guy in there with me was hooking them on, and we had a guy pulling them up, roping them up, and we were trying to get all the trays out before the next shift came on so they couldn't take credit for it. (laughs) And when the guy went to stick it through the bolt hole, the guy with the rope pulled too soon and it didn't go all the way through the hole. So the leverage straightened out the welding rod. And uh, it knocked me out when it hit my hard hat.
0: The the tray fell and it weighed 20 pounds or so, 25 pounds. And it fell 25 feet. Yeah. And hit you, like, directly. No. Like
1: yeah. sp- uh, Poe Bush was the guy's name that was in there with me, and he said that the draft in the column caught the tray like a piece of paper when you drop it, and that was all that kept it from coming down straight across my shoulder.
0: So it it, it,
1: it went dipped at a, a little bit. A, and- it went at a little bit of an angle right before it got to me.
0: That's pretty... It's scary. I mean, that's an intense. I hope I never, I'm never around when that
1: happens. To anybody. That's. Well, that was scary enough, but uh, when the fire, I was like I said, we were the, we were the fire department, and the fire horn went off, and it always scared me when the fire horn went off because we didn't know what the emergency you're, you're, was going to be. You're
0: coming back to conscious, like being conscious, and and the, the fire horn goes off.
1: Well, it all happened so quick, I never knew I got knocked out. (laughs) Poe Bush was the one that let me know later that it knocked me out. All I knew was that fire horn was going out, and I wanted out of that column. And we had the vent line off the top and had let the crane down through the center of the column. And uh, I had them let the crane ball down. I stuck my arm through the hook and held... (laughs) the wrist with the other hand and told them get up on it and they pu- pulled me up and I stuck my feet out the manway and got out and as I walked around fixing to go to the ground since I had had all I wanted <laughs> I met the uh, fire department uh, safety inspectors and I said where's the emergency and they said well there's a man down in a column I said not anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was you. That was me. <laughs> oh man, that. So looking back on that, that, that's a pretty serious situation. Like that, that could have went bad in a couple of ways. And,
1: and. People don't think about things as simple as a radio. We had a guy that worked our shift named Joe Reddick. He's passed on, but we called him. We nicknamed him 185 and that was for decibels. He literally, a fog rolled in while we were working on that column one night, and he was yelling the crane signals down to the ground from the, I think we were on about the sixth or seventh floor, whatever it is, and he could literally yell the crane signals down to the crane operator. He was loud. Loud. When
0: when he needed to be, or was he always loud?
1: He was always loud.
0: (laughs) So, but y'all found his talent and put it to use. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, other things that changed though, other things as far as safety goes, I, you've seen a lot. Do you feel it's all for the better?
1: Oh, yes. It's it's so much better than it used to be. The One of the first things I had to do when I went on shift was stress relief one of the welds on that 1,500-pound steam line that got missed. That was my job. That It actually went through two supervisors, but I stayed with it. And we had a uh, computer hooked to a generator, and I would put heating pads and insulation on the welds and run the stress relief. And one of the welds got missed after uh, I had left that job. So, my supervisor told me to climb up there and throw the rope down. No scaffold, no GLG, no man lift of any kind. He told me to climb up there. And I acted as if I didn't know what he was talking about. I won't say exactly what he told me, but he told me to get my butt up there. He had seen me climb still. He knew I could climb it, so... I climbed the webbing of the steel and went, threw the rope down and pulled everything up to stress relieve the weld.
0: Just climbed it. Yeah. No tie off. No.
1: No. No. <laughs> no harness. No. No nothing. And then yeah. when I got through, let everything down with the rope and then slid down the steel.
0: Wait. Yeah. I, sometimes safety gets a bad rap, <laughs> <laughs> but but definitely things like that. i don't, you know.
1: Well, when the tray hit me in the hard hat, that was the first night I had worn a hard hat
0: on graveyards
1: since I had been working out there. You wouldn't have worn a
0: hard hat. You'd probably got. Yeah. You'd been done.
1: We we always wore ball just baseball caps, and they had enforced wearing hard hats.
0: That's spooky, Mm -hmm. a little bit, a little bit. Um, Singapore.
1: That was an experience. I was, uh, I was an alternate, and uh, at the time I was working in a little capital crew that they had made up. As a mechanic, I was running conduit and pulling wire and putting in instrumentation, which made no sense to me since I didn't have much exp- any experience at it. <laughs> but it was a learn-as-you-go thing. But uh, one of the guys got sick and came home, and I got to go over. And it was an experience that uh, I'm just glad I didn't miss it. Uh, After we had been over a certain amount of time, we were able to bring a spouse or child or whoever over, and uh, we got a week off that didn't count against our vacation to spend with them.
0: How long were you over there? Like weeks, months? or?
1: I was supposed to be over there six months. but I ended up, I was only over there three months because uh, seawater was the cooling water and somehow one of the main cooling water pipes did not get coated on the inside and the seawater ate water. a hole through it before we ever got the last... I think 2EH was the last plant we were starting up, and uh, we didn't get started up until they repaired the seawater line.
0: But you went over there for training?
1: No, we went over there to, we were building a plant. It was like OXO, which you've you've dealt with OXO. It was like building 14 and 2EH and aldehyde reduction. And can't remember which other one, but anyway, each ex- the difference was each unit was its own little entity. Where twenty-seven is all mixed together. Yeah. These were four individual little plants.
0: But they just tied together on the yeah. production side, right? right? Okay. What I know I, there, there's so many things that fascinate me about the, the industry when you're looking at units and products is it more of the chemical engineering or is it more of the mechanical engineering what, or, do, or do you ever even think about any of that
1: I only really think much about the mechanical side of it because that's what I deal with I have to think about the chemical side of it when we're charging reactors and that sort of thing but It
0: fascinates me people can think that stuff up and figure out, hey, we need this, which you make by doing this. And then somebody gets on the the mechanical side and say, well, if we do A, B, and C, we can make the conditions right.
1: Well, it's hard to believe that one of our plants makes the material that goes in latex (coughs) paint that makes it flexible so it doesn't crack on your house makes it last longer. The same plant at one time made insecticide. <laughs> so it's like, how do you get both those out of the same?
0: Same equipment, right?
1: Equipment, yeah. yeah. No. Now that's strange.
0: Uh, and we may bounce back to work about um, your career and stuff on that. But I'd also like to talk about, you raise cattle.
1: A few. Me and my me and my dad and my brothers all ran together at one time and it's now that it's uh, me and one of my brothers have our cows and the other two brothers don't fool with the cows any longer. I uh, I cut hay off one of them, meadow. And we have just like it's like 22 head of cows and a bull, and then, of course, the calves that go with it. We bail our own hay, and it's a...
0: It's a full-time job away from the job, though.
1: Yeah. This year's been interesting, trying to figure out when you can do hay without rain. <laughs> but
0: meaning that it never stops... Wait, it's actually only rained twice. It's only rained twice in Longview-Gilmer area. It, it- rained
1: it's only rained twice this weekend a no, week it, at my house
0: it it rained it rained once for like I don't know thirty five days and then the second time it rained for like forty five days <laughs> Like it,
1: it's, it's been awful to get hay has been I <laughs> have I, have, cut, I like, have literally already missed a full cutting of hay off one of my meadows
0: yeah now the rain has and I'm a rain I like rain, but there's been several times this year I'm like even. Colleen is taking to move some of our stuff back down to Baytown area. We can't take our mattresses because seven days of rain forecast. I mean, like, come on.
1: Well, when you're when you're scared to drive your tractor into the pasture because you're afraid it'll sink, (laughs) it's not a good time to do hay. And it's not like
0: you're in a swamp. That's the other thing. Like, Uh, you you've got some good land, right? Like high land.
1: Well, I've, I've. the one meta that I've got to cut is on Highland, but my other meta is in Cypress Bottom.
0: Okay, so you, okay, fair enough. Um, you're from this area. Where's your wife from?
1: My wife is from 30 miles north of Indianapolis, Indiana, from a little town called Sheridan. And how did,
0: cause we had a conversation, and it's actually has been a few weeks back I mean, that, maybe may two months, but it doesn't seem long. We, can you, how did y'all meet, how did, your wife's down here, I mean, you're in Longview. How it's, did you persuade uh, her down here?
1: We met, I would say a blind date, but I actually met her before the blind date took place. I was single, of course. And uh, my brother lived right down the road from my parents. And I was coming down the road. My sister-in-law and my brother were out by the road, so they flagged me down. And sister-in-law says uh, her brother-in-law, Ed, had a uh, cousin down that didn't know anybody that I ought to take out. Well, I instantly looked to my brother for approval, and uh, he said, I hadn't seen it so that gave me nothing and uh, so anyway the next day I happened to come down the road they're out by the road again and he, he says I met her she's alright so I asked her out well amazing how things work out but
0: I, I gotta say she, she is privy. she's listening right now so I'm kind of out watching to see if the story's lining up.
1: (laughs) I will tell you the truth, the whole truth. Um, After I asked her out on a date, before meeting her, the guys that I worked with on shift decided they wanted to all get together and go bowling. I was not taking a girl I had not met (laughs) out with the guys I had to work with every day. So on the way in on graveyards, I made a stop by Liz and Ed's house and met her. And uh, we have been separated very little since that day. We were married four months after we met.
0: But that was, was that a a week visit, a weekend, a summer visit
1: that Uh, turned into? Her dad was a construction superintendent and he had done a job in Houston and a job in Dallas and they came down to get their stuff out of the apartment and she wanted to visit Ed for a while well, I've heard two versions. I'm not sure which one's true. I heard she wanted to visit Ed for a while, and I heard she wanted to get out of Indiana. But, uh, anyway, after... First
0: one or second one?
1: I
2: was looking for a job. <laughs> okay.
1: And so, uh, after we went bowling, well, I won't tell you all the story, but after after we went bowling we went uh out you went bowling with all the guys you work with yes okay. we did had a great time she beat the snot out of me bowling <laughs> i'm not a bowler um we went to the sarsaparilla steakhouse and had dinner and then we went to see flash dance the movie and uh She had been led to believe I would be a cheap date that I wouldn't spend any money on her. Where
0: where did that come from?
1: From her cousin's (laughs) wife. (laughs) And her sister-in-law. So multiple
0: multiple sources.
1: Multiple sources from (laughs) that side of the family. And for 1981... Three... 83, yeah, for, for 1983, for me to drive uh, approximately 120 miles that day and spend about 130 bucks that night, That's a, it was, uh, <laughs> wasn't was a cheap day.
0: By today's standards, it's not. <laughs> so.
1: I drove a uh, Dooley with a 454 <laughs> in it. And got about 12 miles a gallon, and uh, so I was running some fuel through it.
0: And so from Indiana, and y'all still make trips to Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Occasionally y'all go up there. At least once a year.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was vacation. We didn't uh, get to pick where we went on vacation. We went to Indiana for the 4th of July. The first trip we made was on the 4th of July weekend and For 30 I'm gonna say for about 36 years other than one or two years we were in Indiana the 4th of July
0: Well, Indiana and and I've only really Been up there to whiting which is just right on the border close, you know north very north on the lake and West border near Chicago Sheraton is where about
1: would that be? Central. Central, okay. Right, right north of Indianapolis. Almost
2: right yeah.
1: smack dab in the middle. Okay. Uh pretty
0: country up there. The weather was good when at least when I was up there. Uh I think they were running a heat heat wave and it was like 75, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I was like
1: that's awesome. One year we <laughs> were up there. The first the first year we went up there All I had heard out of her was I can't wait to get to Indiana where it's cooler because it had been 100 degrees here (laughs) regularly. And I came off shut down, got in the car, drove all night, and we got out at her house at about 1230 the next day, and it was 102.
0: (laughs) A little disappointing we were Very trying disappointing. to escape the heat
1: and the houses up there did not have central heat I mean central air like they everybody does now there were so many people dying from the heat that they had to bring in semi trailers that were refrigerated to house the bodies to hold the dead bodies
0: that's that's terrible
1: <laughs> that's, yeah golly, that's,
0: that's similar now I can't imagine like East Coast and in Canada um, and West Coast, I think the heat waves, they've been hitting 116 in Canada. I'm like, like, what?
1: (laughs) We made plans one year to uh, clean out their, they had a a huge old, the country style big barn, and uh, we made plans that we were going to clean it out. It hadn't been cleaned out since they had moved up there for 40. 38, 40, I don't remember how many years exactly, but the first three days that we worked on it, we had a 30-yard dumpster. The first three days that we worked on it, we filled that 30-yard dumpster, and it got to 105 all three days. I refused to work after it hit 100 degrees each day. I just quit. No more? No more.
0: Jumping topics again, this is a one-off, but we're talking about a parade in Gilmer.
1: <laughs> yes, and the me, Parade.
0: Tell me about, the, they used to have horses in the parade. Yes. And that is not the case.
1: No, that's not the case anymore. Um, the one and only year that I rode in the parade, I had a Tennessee walker. And one of my neighbors had registered Tennessee Walkers. And we all got together. It made sense. We were all riding Tennessee Walkers. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this one guy that uh, was riding a Greenbroke stud. And he was so green that he had his buddy take the rope when they got up close to the square where so many people were. And had uh, had his horse actually roped to another guy's horse. And when he got to the other side of the square and the people were hooping and hollering at our Tennessee walkers, his stud got loose and ran up in the crowd. And it's one or somebody didn't get hurt, but they didn't. And uh, that ended horses in the parade.
0: Horses, period. No more.
1: But when I got the the street on the square is brick, and when my horse got to that brick street, I felt like I was riding on ice. You feel and, the feet you know, slipping. Feel the feet slipping, and it was on two sides of the square, and I rode one side like that, and I got off, walked him to the other side where it got to the asphalt, got back on, and. Uh, we took off from there, but I wasn't gonna take a chance of falling on it.
0: You have horses now or? No. No, okay. Um,
1: other, another
0: parade, my wife had went up there a couple of years ago, and I don't remember what the parade is. They do like uh, floats or, what parade is that? She said oh, wow. they were like like a amaz- like the detail and the effort people put into building these floats were just.
1: Is that just... the one they call the school parade? she probably watched the Queen parade. Queen's parade. They have a big. the fall. Uh October. Yep. Over it. Yeah. January.
2: They have a, a parade on Friday and one on Saturday.
0: She That's... said they were like like some of the floats. I think had like mechanical. Oh, yeah. Pieces on like she said it was she had never seen anything like that. And that is in All out for the
2: right.
0: Gilmer, Texas. Yeah. October.
2: Yes.
0: That's good to know. I definitely noted that. Uh, Was well, there any other topic, anything we haven't covered you want to share and put on the internet to forever be on the cloud?
1: Well, I'm just glad that uh, that the last 40 years have kept me healthy enough to be where I am at this point it's it's led me through a, uh, a marriage and I've got three boys and got uh, four grandkids and we were told would not have any more grandkids but as of last week <laughs> we found out we're gonna be grandparents again
0: number five number five congratulations and uh, that's
1: awesome they were told that they didn't have to worry about getting pregnant that it wouldn't happen without all the hormone therapy and all that stuff and so they weren't trying not to get pregnant and here we go
0: good deal congratulations again that's a um, and i want to say this one thing Thad Spears will never forget: the me, aluminum
1: pans on the E five twenty five. Will not happen ever.
0: That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably. A, I've seen you mad twice, and I'm not going to expound on the details of the other time. <clears throat> but I just saw. I was in a a meeting where you weren't able to get an answer, and that that tickles me to this day. That you turn red. <laughs>
1: well what did i tell them what'd you tell him yeah what did i tell them whenever i got rid
0: all i honestly remember you doing was asking very direct question and not being able to get an answer <laughs>
1: yes or no yeah
0: no yes or no and you were to ask the question yes or no and you know you didn't get the answer and it was i had to sit there and suppress my Humor. Being tickled, yeah. I was like, "This is awesome." <laughs> He's mad, but then, yeah. And you were mad on that turnaround, and I was after that He was like, "How did this not happen?" And I was like, "I don't know," <laughs> but it won't happen again that way.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's always been a pleasure working with you.
0: Same, same. I, I will forever cherish it. It's been, uh, it's been good. I always consider you a friend, no doubt. Like it's uh,
1: uh, almost takes so you get promoted.
0: Not getting promoted. It's very lateral. (laughs) (laughs) Very lateral. Uh, But, but yeah, that's that's something my wife and I wrestled with for for a while is when we do settle down where it's going to be. And and Longview, Texas is kind of our place. You know, we we left our world in the Houston area and came up here not knowing anybody. And uh, we just had our first child, and since we've had three, and... And now, one day we'll be here.
1: That doesn't mm-hmm. sound quite right. Now, you've had three children, and how, what, what, how far apart are those three children? Not very.
0: <laughs> 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 we, we got our oldest turned three in June, but, but we, no, as a matter of fact, I had him while I was up here. <laughs> yes, and then, uh, and as a matter of fact, the turnaround, the first time I worked with you, we were, we just finished that when we had yeah. our oldest and that was uh, April, he turned three, I'm sorry. Our middle child turned two in June. Um, and I was actually on site when uh, Colleen called and said, we're having a baby. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I want, I want to disclose this, she she thought she wet the bed and her water broke. And uh, so I'm like, well, what are you doing? She said, I'm going back to the apartment to get clothes. And I'm like, what?
1: 14 months? I'm
0: like, yeah, 14 months apart. <laughs> and, then, and then we had our little girl this past January. So we're, we're done.
1: Are
0: you sure? Yes. Yes, yes we are sure. <laughs> We've told our grandparents. <laughs> and Colleen said something crazy the other day about, hey, what do you think about a fourth one? I still don't I still want to say that. like no <laughs> well i told uh
1: if, if you're definitely no on that you better get uh <laughs> the way it works right. the way it worked for us was we actually have one planned child out of three and i won't go into all the details but <laughs> we did plan one the last one she i walked in one day and she said do you uh, care if we try again for a girl And I said, I don't have a problem with one more, but that's all we can financially handle.
0: So, your daughter was planned?
1: Well, our (laughs) daughter turned out to be a six foot, seven and a quarter boy (laughs) who was lost down to 268 pounds, I think. Six foot, how tall? Six, seven and a quarter. Six, seven. So,
2: let's say for his first Halloween. I did dress him up in a pin tuck dress with uh, ruffled panties and bones in his hair. Hold on, nine yards. He did look like a girl for one
0: night. One night. For and that. and back to what I was saying, your girl yeah. was planned. Yeah, but it was your, your third God, son. God bless but. He <laughs> him, too. Yeah. But. The other two were not so, I mean do they know they were I don't want to say accidents but Oh yeah, yeah,
1: we don't hide that I'm teasing. we don't hide <laughs> okay. that back. They were accidents. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. the Yeah, uh, the second one I will say uh, what they call that pill? Uh, the, uh mini pill. the mini pill. They had what was called a mini pill. Because
2: I was breastfeeding.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, she missed taking it oh. one night. So she took it the next morning.
2: There was more didn't
1: today. matter didn't work
0: yeah. yeah we we just avoid Moscow mules at this point hey <laughs> <laughs> Moscow mules have been involved every time so I'm there's something to it don't know what it is, but we yeah I, I just
1: told her I said uh, I don't have a problem with the third child, but while you're in there, that train gets unhooked <laughs> there's no more cars coming through. <laughs> At
2: the time they would do that. They would uh, cut your tubes right after you've had a baby. They won't do that
1: now. Because the insurance, insurance won't
2: pay for it. They give you a whole big uh,
0: how hard is that to do? It's not it's easier it just to do than comes you down to, have to
2: a baby because the tubes are up Right.
0: And,
1: they need to be. and see the thing was we had uh, we had planned this the whole pregnancy with Dr. Jacobson and of course Dr. Jacobson wasn't the one that delivered so then Dr. Lucas decided that she was too young that we needed to think about that and so we're like we've been thinking about this for nine months we've got a plan <laughs> and so she had had an epidural and
2: that's the only reason I had
1: an He let the epidural wear off and came back and asked her again. We're like, we're waiting on you. So then had to number up again.
2: I think it's so they could go take a nap. Really, because it was like, what, 4 o'clock in the morning when Mason was born? Something like that. But, but we were raised at the time, we had Matthew was 4, Morgan was 3, and then we had Heather was 5, and Fallon was four, his brother's kids. We had them
1: all the time. My brother had gotten a divorce. So we had four kids, basically. And then we were
2: bringing the fifth one
1: home. (laughs) What happened was we were living in a trailer house, and we bought the shell of a house and moved it in right beside it, and I worked on the shell every payday. I would go buy sheetrock or whatever was on sale, and we we Mm -hmm. worked on finishing it it out. Well, then my brother... Moved into the trailer unexpectedly when he was getting a divorce. Well,
2: we could get rid of the trailer, and I'm talking it wasn't much further from your back door to your other side of your porch. Not right much there. Further out the back door than that.
1: Yeah, about thirty feet.
2: And so then he had his kids every weekend, every day but Wednesday night. He had his kids, so that meant I had his kids. Every night for supper, bath time, laundry. I basically had two husbands and four kids. And it was
0: like, this is (laughs) ridiculous. Which which one of those categories caused the most problems?
1: The two husbands.
0: Yeah, it's like kick them out of the house and y'all go out in the cow pasture and do what y'all do. (laughs) Control the kids.
1: There's lots Uh, of stories that could come out of this conversation.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that I, I really, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that I finally got to do this, uh, something I want to do for a long time, um, and hopefully, and we, we can do it again anytime, you know, it's, uh, like I said, I definitely won't be in the area as much, but phone calls work just fine, and uh, we, we hopefully, we haven't given up on returning, or I haven't, Colleen's pretty set, but this is, it's been a good area. Been a good place, so. Uh,
1: we'll definitely see you again.
0: I'm hoping so. That's too much up here to not come back. Um, but I, again, appreciate it. Um, everybody listening, hope you enjoy the interview and the the candid conversation we had at the end. And uh, as always, take care of yourselves and each other. Signing off.